Welcome to First Focus, a weekly podcast here at First Pres Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. This week, special guest Dr. Nick Wilborn joins us to discuss the life and ministry of John L. Gerardo. Dr. Wilborn is the pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, the associate editor of the Confessional Presbyterian Journal, and adjunct professor of church history at Greenville Seminary. If you have questions about his ministry or ours, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all our contact information on our website, which is firstpreskolumbia.org. That's firstpreskolumbia.org or on our app. Now, let's get to our conversation. Dr. Wilburn, would you mind telling us a bit about yourself? Sure. Nick Wilborn, born in Gadsden, Alabama, a long time ago, and uh, grew up a Southern Baptist boy, uh, became a uh, Calvinist and Presbyterian in mm. a Baptist seminary. Wow. Not, not to their shame. Right. Uh, but uh, just their insistence on studying the original languages and reading church history and and systematic theology, and then uh, went on to uh, do a Ph.D. at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philly yeah. in uh, systematical and historical theology, wow. and uh, that's where I was introduced to the Southern guys, actually, and backed my way into John Gerardo and the Southern Presbyterian Church, and uh, wow. Daryl Hart. Uh, hmm. encouraged me to pursue Gerardo as a uh, forgotten Presbyterian, and so that's what I did. Wow, that's great. Okay, so for our listeners, and especially for our church members here, we have a number of named lecture series. So we do a Thornwell lecture, we do a B.B. Warfield lecture, and just as you said, John L. Gerardo sometimes feels like he's the forgotten man. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about who John L. Gerardo was? Sure, be happy to. Uh, Gerardo was born down on James Island, 1825, uh, educated uh, like so many were in a field school. That just means a little little rural location mm. out on James Island. Uh, he actually then moved into town and uh, was educated at the German Friendly Society School. Mm. And uh, one of his classmates was Basil Manley, Jr., who's uh, famous in Southern Baptist life. Hmm. He went on to the College of Charleston, and uh, there he was with William Tertius Capers, who was uh, a famous uh, Southern Methodist minister. Hmm. Uh, He also studied there with E.C. Jones, Edward C. Jones, who had become a very important architect in Charleston, Hmm. and then later in Memphis, Tennessee, to build the first skyscraper (laughs) in the 19th century. Wow. Yeah in Memphis, but uh, that's a neat story. He uh, went to College of Charleston, studied classics, Hmm. uh, graduated when he was 17, first honors, that's what we call valedictorian these days. Okay. Went on to Columbia Seminary, studied there uh, under B.M. Palmer and Aaron Leland and uh, uh, a host of others, Uh, Hmm. George Howe, who's buried in the, in the, First Pres Columbia Churchyard. That's right. And uh, and then uh, pursued a ministry among the needy and poor of the Low Country. Hmm. Uh, that's owing largely to his mother's influence. She died when he was seven, but he was her 
little right hand when he was a little boy, taking mm. things to the slaves and uh, to other black folks that'd be working around the farm there on James Island. Mm. And uh, so we jump ahead just a few years, and he's he's called upon to come into Charleston in 1854, uh, 55, and uh, pick up a mission work uh, that uh, John, uh, uh, John Bailey Adger had started. Mm. And uh, they built a building in 1850. Uh, Thornwell preached the dedication. Wow. And uh, Gerardo comes there in 55 to be the pastor to this group. Uh, four years later, they've outgrown this 500-seat building on Anson Street, which I still take tours to. And they built the Mammoth Temple, as it was called, the Spacious Temple on Calhoun and Meeting Street. Mm. And if you're familiar with Charleston, you know that's a major point. It was then, it is now. And that was uh, the largest church building in Charleston, as long as it stood. And uh, there he pastored a church of white membership, largely out of Second Presbyterian Church, uh, as well as free and slave blacks. Mm. And uh, did that uh, up until the war. After the war, he came back at the urging of the freedmen, members of that church who are now free, and uh, resumed his ministry. And uh, then in 1874, under pressure from all fronts within the social context of the South as well as the national context, the Southern Church was forced to uh, what we call today segregate. Gerardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the lone voice at that General Assembly voting against that. And uh, he was then called to Columbia to be the professor of systematic theology, as we call it today. Wow. And uh, uh, wrote a number of books, uh, fought the evolution battle against James Woodrow at the Columbia Seminary, and, uh, and then is buried now at Elmwood Cemetery in Columbia. Wow. So can I ask a couple of follow-up questions? Absolutely. So did he always know that he wanted to minister to slaves and disadvantaged people? Yes. Yeah. He uh, he talked about this, uh, about at seminary feeling some pressure to go to the foreign mission field, and he realized that uh, there was a foreign mission field at home hmm. uh, on the islands. Uh, and and the low country on the mainland as well and and that's that's what he wanted to do and I think had uh, had segregation mm-hmm. not come into the southern church and all churches as far as that goes in 1874-75 I think he would have uh, remained there ministering to the to the poor and the needy in Charleston until he died but because of that the political social pressure he was. Uh, he was put in a position providentially to go to the seminary. Wow. And really, I think that backs into my next question, which is, did he receive any pushback or any consternation from his decision to minister to uh, uh, slaves and people who are disadvantaged? There was a time that he was uh, almost tarred and feathered because they thought he was teaching them to read and write, he and his elders and, and others in the church. That's because they were so thoroughly catechizing the mm. slaves uh, that they could sing hymns and psalms, they could recite scripture, they could recite the catechism so well. They, people thought that 
Gerardo and the others must surely be breaking the state law. Right. What was at the center of what Gerardo thought the poor and disadvantaged needed? Well, the gospel. Uh, he, he believed that was the first and, and most important thing, um, that with the coming of the gospel, there would be, um, there'd be a changed life. There'd be, there, there'd be a, a transition and not only for poor and needy, but for all people. Right. Uh, and there'd be a, this, this radical spiritual change that would make them a different kind of citizen for right. the, uh, for the world at large. Right, which makes sense why he would focus so heavily on catechizing his people so that they would have a thorough understanding of that which is most able to change lives, of course, the gospel. But uh, they also had an extensive ministry in the community. Hmm. They, uh, they appointed what they call watchmen. Those were the, the, the black men in the church who had shown spiritual maturity, and they were put in charge of 50 folks or so in their neighborhoods, and uh, they were they were taking care of their their physical needs as well. Wow, wow! And w- were those people considered deacons? It sounds like a diaconal type ministry. Yeah, you know, this is one of those cases where you have to understand the the, the social context, and right. it's hard for us because um, we live so removed from it. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, uh, it was it was felt that. The black men, uh, particularly the slaves, uh, shouldn't ascend to a, an office of the church. But the way Gerardo dealt with this, uh, both before the war and for that period after the war, before it changed, uh, they simply put these men in charge of these, these what we'd call at our church today, care groups or shepherding mm-hmm. And uh, they basically functioned like elders and deacons. Hmm. Uh, they, they called them watchmen. But, uh, yeah, it was sort of an unofficial way to get around the, the, the concerns of, of, of society at the time. Hmm. So it's somewhat easier to draw some conclusions as far as ministers. How should we maybe emulate Gerardo? What about for a regular congregant who hears about Gerardo and his life and his focus of ministry? Any, any conclusions to draw there, any lessons to learn? Well, sure. I, I think a, a love for our neighbors, uh, requires a love for the gospel to go forth to them. And we all have that, uh, both privilege and obligation. Mm. B, that uh, we have to be careful about judging men from other eras of time, mm. other epochs. Um, I, 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 I dread a hundred years from now what people are going to, if they think of me, ever come across my name, what they might think of me based right. on something I've said or done that's so time-bound. Um and we all are, are creatures of time. Yeah. And uh, I would just say, you know, be careful how you, uh, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I right. guess that's the best way to put it. Right. Uh, that uh, uh, we can learn a lot of really good things from men who made really bad mistakes right. in the past. Seems like we're always rushing to either venerate or vilify that we're okay with sin and talking about sin in the sense of our congregation, but then when we look back at previous saints, we want them to be pristine. Yes. And uh, we all have our 
have our clay parts. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Wilburn, thank you so much for taking uh, 15, 20 minutes here out of your day to talk to us. This has been incredibly helpful and I think encouraging for us. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to First Focus. For Dr. Nick Wilburn, as well as all our staff here at First Press, I'm Josh Squires. Thanks for joining us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you'll join us next week. And until then, God bless.